welcome back to College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Texas Pete. Down set, sauce like you mean it. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I'm Tyler. This is Chris. We're back. Um, we Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. I, I feel like I'm fucking back. We're, I'm having a good day. Um, I mean, I've had like two to seven Bud Lights because I was waiting on you, but it's still, I feel good. I feel really good. You had a tough day. But here we yeah, are. But here we are. Uh, nothing. Uh, nothing serious. Obviously, just uh, you know. Oh, yeah. No, got... no. Leave it dramatic. Like, don't, <laughs> let them. Let them. Let their mind wander. Uh, you're so back that I'm gonna let you get back to a legendary read of a legendary company that makes a legendary sauce. Let me tell you something. Okay. Ever since I was a little boy, there's two truths I was told. One. Yellow Starbursts are fucking terrible. And two, oh, probably shouldn't say that in the ad read. Let's start over. Uh, ever since I was a boy, there's two truths I knew. <laughs> Don't bet against Bama. And ah, if you are looking for some flavor, you're looking for a little kick, little zest, little zing, little zang. And I am. All the words to that damn uh, opening song, College Game Day with Big and Rich. Then Texas Pete is what you're looking for. All Pete Pete, mother... Right? Am I right? Hail rat, hail rat, brother. If it's good enough for the Yin Yang twins, it's good enough for me. That's what I say. Um, here's the deal. I, I, you know, I think we got the sponsorship because I openly told them that I used to just pour Texas Pete into a Ziploc bag with deli meat and eat with my hands at lunch. And that's why I was single throughout high school. And that's why I'm single now. But that's neither here nor there because Texas Pete is the, it's, Oh, it, it's like the it's the pick me up in the middle of the day. It's almost like a cup of coffee. If, and you can drink it in a mug too. You know that you get that like two thirty feeling. Don't reach for a five hour. Get a bottle of Texas Pete. Pour it in your eyes. Pour it in your mouth. Pour it anywhere. Sauce like you mean it. <laughs> also, when we say pour it anywhere, I'm going to say right now, Tristan Smith, that we do not mean that. So please do not get crazy with that. Um, regardless, yeah, we're back. That was my first ad read in a while. So feeling good. We have a serious announcement I'm going to make real quick um, in the Facebook group. We don't usually do this because, you know, we, we love you guys, but, you know, stuff can get out of control. There's 5,000 people in there. Anybody can post stuff. You've seen, again, Tristan Smith. But one of our very own, one of the pod mods, one of, you know, I, somebody I just consider family, Jenny Bolton, um, is kind of going through some things right now, and she needs our help. So we are going to post this in the Facebook group and announce it on here um, and and am imploring you guys to help as well. So this is this is what I was sent from Jenny. It's she sent. So it's not like I'm, you know, putting on blast here. We were told by the neurosurgeons at Mayo Clinic that I would need surgery. They told us that the surgery will be complex, carries huge risks. She's, she's had issues like with her spine. So however, they warned that if I did not have the surgery, my condition would be fatal. The surgery will last eight to ten hours after which I get an ICU due to how long I'll be in the hospital. My husband and I needed to move in order to be closer to the Mayo clinic and special rehabilitation hospital. As you can imagine between medical costs, moving and travel, the bills are exorbitant. Although I'm a diehard dog, we would really appreciate the support of all fandoms guys. You know, we all have rivalries and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, times are tight. I realized today that I don't even get to bet all my fiance's money anymore. So I get it. Um, but th when, when stuff, I think one of the things that makes the Facebook group so great is that it really is like a community and sometimes feels like a family. It's probably why we fight so much. And one of our family members needs our help. So um, give what you can, you know, uh, 
we'll set up the GoFundMe, like I said, in the, in the Facebook group, uh, there'll be a link to it, but um, prayers up to Jenny. She's a, uh, she's very tough. I mean, she's been a Georgia fan her whole life, so she's got this. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, love you, Jenny. You're the best. Yeah. Shout out to Jenny. And uh, we look forward to you guys stepping up and helping out here. Um, no easy transition, but heading into October, September was a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? We'll transition to this. Um, <laughs> I did something healthy this week, which was yeah? I decided to get out there and, and find like not live vicariously, but find someone that's life is even worse than mine right now. And we're going to do this every week. I've decided <laughs> it's going to be a segment called who's sadder than Marler. And the answer this week, Arizona football. I, no, way. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it is like three weeks from now. All right. This week's segment. Who's sadder than Marler? No one. Absolutely fucking no one. Those dogs on that fucking Sarah McLaughlin video, I guess. I don't know. Um, no. So Arizona football is, as the kids would say, down bad. Uh, or as they would say, bear down bad. Am I right, sister? Oh, I see what you did there. I can relate. Yeah. Um, they posted this week uh, that they're having open walk-on tryouts. And, you know, every school does that. Um, but, but also, I, I want to make sure you guys understand, no one does it in the middle of the fucking season. So, <laughs> um, I, like, I was cracking up when I saw this, mainly because the hashtags, one of them is, it's personal which is just so close to its personnel, which seems to be the issue here. I was very excited Ooh. about that. Um, what, what is your reaction to this? And I'll be um, trying out. I'd love to try out. Uh, just got, you know, further obligations here at home. Just can't do it. But uh, I have supreme confidence in myself to make the squad if, if I were in Arizona uh, yeah. or potentially 15 years younger. Um, no, you still got it. Um no, Chris never had it. So, <laughs> um, no, I, obviously it's it screams of a bit of desperation. It's like, hey guys, things aren't going well. Anyone from the student body just want to come? I mean, there's a chance you could start here. Yeah, and like, okay, it's almost like it, it, like if you were, you know, when you're like doing online dating, like you you get it, dude. You you're, you're doing it. <laughs> um, this is just like the open like public forum. You're just swiping right on everyone. I mean, like, that's all he's, that's all the head coach is doing. And, and what's funny about it is like, you know, he was being a hard ass about this. Like, if you guys don't want to play, you don't want to represent the A that's on that helmet or the name that's on the front of that jersey. We'll find somebody that does. And it's like, bro, you recruited all of these fucking dudes, all of them, <laughs> all of them. And it, it, do yourself a favor, go on 24 seven sports on the Arizona site and look up the 2020 recruiting class. And scroll down to the transfers because it's it's not a star-studded class. It's, it's there's no one higher than a three-star. Um, I think the highest-rated recruit is the 628th best player in the country, which is fine. But the transfers, it it honestly looks like what I assume like a Leonard Skinner cover band would look like today. It's amazing. You sent this to me, and I'm looking at it now. I mean, Aaron Blackwell has seen some things in his life. Aaron Blackwell is smiling so uncomfortably. I, I can't make <laughs> eye contact with the fucking picture. Also, Matthew Stefanski, what, did you use a DMV photo? Um, <laughs> and then Brendan Schooler. Man. There's not, he's got to be a punter, right? 
I, I would have know he's a receiver. He also went oh. from Oregon, but he looks like every single like senior in college that was also like a youth minister on the weekends. Like that, that's exactly yeah. what this dude looks like. Absolutely. Constantly a, having a guitar. Yeah. Great play. Great, great call by you there. I'm on yeah. it, dude. So, so this week, Arizona football is sadder than, than Marler. Yeah. Why are you saying, like, why are you questioning it? I already said it was a whole just, segment. Okay. Um, no one's sadder than me. <laughs> so we, the calendar turns to October this weekend in college football. That's where we start to see a little bit of separation. It's what I'm looking forward to most in October is separation. Yeah, from the people who are real contenders and who aren't. Like, I don't if I think of separation, Tyler, to be honest, it's just if I think about a school like Auburn, for example, after that Penn State game, I think a lot of people had a pretty high opinion of them, higher than maybe mm-hmm. preseason. But you had Georgia State last week, you got LSU this week, and we'll talk about that game. And then you get into the meteor schedule. They could go from in September, everyone was thinking, hey, these guys, man, Harson, incredible coach, to, wow, we actually, that was the game we peaked when we lost to Penn State. We're actually not good at all. Yeah. This is an example. Say, you say people are saying that? That's mainly us because we just were raving about Brian Harson, and then he almost right. lost to Georgia State, which, again, yep. reinforces the fact that I haven't said a single thing this season that has been um, true. So just keep that in mind, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that like Arkansas is another really good example from that. Like the, yeah. you know, they're getting the meat of their schedule. I kind of thought Ole Miss ups- as well. Ole Miss, yeah. I th- and well, and I think Florida. It, this is the part where they end up. Going, I think they play LSU next weekend. Maybe um, this is like this this weekend and the weekend after the second weekend in October when like when we were growing up like late nineties, early two thousands was my favorite weekend of the year because it was like Bama was always off, but it was. Texas, Oklahoma at 12, Florida State, Miami was usually yep. at like 12 yeah. or 3.30, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Florida, and, I, and Auburn played somebody, but it was like you had a really good chance of like Auburn and Tennessee both losing. It's like in the fall too, so it's like maybe the Yankees are going to lose a divisional game. I mean, all of my dreams are coming true. And then Bama, even though they had Mike DeBose, they wouldn't lose. But it's, it's usually a pretty strong weekend. Um, this weekend, though, is like from start to finish – I mean, it's, this is like a, a, a cultural fan's dream. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic weekend, and I I do think this weekend will give us some real answers on teams like Arkansas, Ole Miss. Um, you know, you could throw you could throw UConn in there. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna disagree with you about about Arkansas only because. I think that we learn more about them in the first four games than we will this Saturday because I think Georgia is almost kind of like how people have talked about Bama. Like they're, they're just a notch above everyone else. So if Arkansas, you know, lays an egg this weekend, especially if their quarterbacks banged up and they're on the road and 11 o'clock start for them, it's 12 o'clock Eastern time. I'm good with time zones. I wouldn't say we learned that much, but if they win and somehow knock off Georgia. Like another interesting team in the SEC, A&M, like what are they going to look like after October? Because their offense is bad. Their offense is not good with with uh with what's his Calzada. name? Cal- yeah, that is not. I mean, every time I see his name, I get hungry. Like a calzone. 
But I mean, you, I mean, you're right. And like, he has the supporting cast. The offensive line is not great. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I, that's a good question. I think this is the time of year too, where you really like the hype train can start like rolling real, real strong. Um, yeah. Like if Ole Miss or Arkansas pulls off a win this weekend. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and you look too, like ESPN has, you know, all their projections and stuff like that. And I think the, per, the, Percentage chances to make the college football playoff right now. Bama leads like 58%. Georgia's right behind with like 39 or something. And Ole Miss and Arkansas, they're sitting here at the bottom. And like it was, it was funny, like listening to people like either online or like, you know, radio and stuff like that, like fans of those two teams, because they felt like they were like disrespected. And they kind of were. The, the, the odds were that low. But man, you talk about two years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about this at all. Yeah. So the glow up is real. So we're going to get into week five covering these games. We're going to get back to a little segment we used to do called winning and boozing. Talk about some drinks that you should be enjoying with some of these games we're going to cover this weekend. We'll get into our best bets of the weekend and, and finish it off with the uncensored moment of the week. Before we get into it, I got to give a shout out. I was at the Braves game last night. They're up 5-0 right now. Hopefully I'm not jinxing that. They win tonight. Clench the division. Uh, talk to a listener. Female listener, which I'd love to know the breakdown. I wonder how many, you know, the, the percentage of female listeners we have can't, can't be high. Um, well, I mean, you don't know that. I, I don't mean, know that. Women down here love college football. That's I know we true. lost one for sure. Um, I don't know what the total was, but we definitely lost one. Yeah. Uh, um, my mom. My mom. Yeah. I, I, at least uh, you had one well, listener. I don't even think my wife listens to the podcast. So. Oh, Allie definitely did not listen to the podcast <laughs> yes, at all. Um, um, but, but, but yeah, no, I mean, so like, she she yeah. likes it, but she loves it. She gave me great feedback on the podcast. Uh, big Alabama fans, so they like yeah, they well, like they, Uncle they Chris. They liked. Um, they did say that. Yes, you didn't tell me that last night when I was searching for validation. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. They they don't like you at all. That's okay. Well, no one hates me as much as I hate myself, so that's fine. <laughs> um, before we get to the games, I will say this too, and I'm, I'm premature on this, but I am really excited for, for October. Maction is starting. Like conference games in the Wednesday Mac. games. Well, yeah, like because <laughs> you, every year there's like a stretch, like late in October, early November, where we get like 18 or 23 straight days of football. And it's, I like, I saw the slate this weekend in the Mac and I was like, God, this is beautiful. Just directional Michigan teams and a bunch of towns in Ohio. Yep. This is fantastic. So I'm excited for that. Toledo versus central Michigan. The battle for Dayton and Akron. The battle for the beaver's tail. Okay. Um, okay. Let's get into the slate. Uh, I think we should start with the biggest game and that's Vandy Yukon. Ooh, why are they doing this? <laughs> why are they playing this game? Uh, well, because one of these guys, they, they got to give somebody a win somewhere. Yeah. So at least you can't tie. So at least one of these programs will, will pick up a, a victory. And Alavendi has... Tie. <laughs> yeah. No, but all serious, I... I how much would you have to get paid to go to this game? I, I get that it's in Nashville, so it'd be kind of cool to go there. But if it was, what if it was in Yukon? No, the tickets are going for six dollars. That's a lunch. Vandy's a two touchdown a, favorite in this game. That is the biggest surprise. Okay, so listen, like I know 
that I joke around about this, like, like breakup shit, but like, if there's a better, like just symbol of optimism and hope for not just me, but for all of us in this world, Florida state and Vanderbilt are both favored to win football games this weekend. And Vanderbilt <laughs> is a 14, 14 points. Uh, I don't know if they're going to score 14 points, but UConn is that bad. I mean, they are. Oh, oh. So if this was a bowl game, which, you know. Oh, yeah. So this is, it reminds me of that, that scene from the office where Jim was trying to learn how to play ping pong and Kelly was talking shit to Pam. She was like, finally had enough. She's like, fine, pick up the paddle. Let's do this. And then they were both terrible. That that's one thing this reminds me of. Um, <laughs> like, you know, the celebrity boxing matches would be like screech would like fight like Tanya Harding for some R. reason. RIP screech. Oh yeah. He died. He Shouts lived a Dustin good life. Diamond. Double D. Hey, you remember, okay, I'm not going to get this, but it just, he, he took a weird turn, man. Um, yeah. Things got weird and dark in his life. Kept talking about his dick all the time. That was I didn't like that part. That was uncomfortable. I didn't know why VH1 was showing it so much. Um, regardless, I think the best example of what this game is besides Hunger Games is this is like the 2020 election. Th- these are two awful, awful teams that I don't want to pull for. I'm being forced into watching. Um, and obviously, I'm making a joke here. We're not really trying to get political here. but And we're also not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah no i mean like it, oh my gosh um yeah i mean like it's it's in vandy and there's no home field advantage so it's not like they they got like a couple extra points so there's gonna be a juice. lot of yukon fans there oh they'll come so they'll they're pack gonna pack the, stadium, the house you know a lot i mean you're you're in connecticut which is kind of a nashville of um i don't know lacrosse pep prep schools what is in what is in the state of connecticut besides murderers that played at florida and women's basketball brother you ever heard of the 13 original colonies no uh, i i can't remember colonies. I, th- I feel like it might have been one connecticut but. no connecticut was definitely what <laughs> connecticut like was like probably given like like whoever got new york was like all right fuck man my stepbrother is still here he didn't go back to england we have to give him a state and they're like, give them that one with all the C's in it. Connect, connect a hit. Um, yeah, this game's going to be terrible. I, I'm not going to watch any of it. But, uh, yeah, it's like I'm just amazed. Like, I'm also kind of happy because we. I feel like we even made this joke a couple weeks ago not knowing this game was happening. But they should do this every year. Just pair the two worst teams, put them in like – don't put them in prime time, but put them at like a 10.30 a.m. game. And let's just watch the shit show. UMass and like, I don't know. What's that? Bishop Sycamore. By the way, Connecticut, one of the 13 original colonies. Just No, it was not. Swear to God. Are you serious? I am. New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut were all uh, original colonies up there in New England. It was was like. Look at that. Look at that. It's like the well, Stephen rock, Baldwin of, of colonies because nobody remembers that state at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get into uh, another one here. But also, by the way, the booze for this winning and boozing, I just put bleach. Don't do this to yourself. Oh. Yeah. Easy. And also, don't drink bleach, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been through this. Uh, all right, before. next game. <laughs> Kentucky hosting number 10, Florida, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Kentucky, an eight point. 
home underdog over under 55 points. Kentucky, big bad Kentucky, undefeated on the season, feeling good about themselves. Despite Fourth time uh, in six years, they started out 4 0 under Mark Soups. It's a bit of a scare from UT Chattanooga thrown in there with a, an ugly win last week, but you take a win when you can get uh, 16-10 over USC. Kentucky 1-7 against Florida under Stoops, but there's there's been some crazy games in that run, though. I mean, 2016, I think that, 2017, that one was 2017, like, they had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter and lost by one. There was a because they triple overtime to put 11 loss. men on the field yes. twice. Twice. Damn, that yeah, was 2017. I feel like that was like 2019. It, dude, it wasn't, dude. That's what I'm telling you. It's another prime number. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, there's been some crazy games, but Florida, obviously, people, until they broke the streak, people always remember the streak that Florida had over Kentucky. Kentucky's got a new offense. It's had its moments, its ups and downs. Uh, it was a little stale last week against uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Florida comes in three and one, one one in the SEC. What I thought was a, if you're a Florida fan, I think you had to feel good about the way they looked last week, um, because we knew it was a flat spot for them, and they yeah. did come out a bit flat. They were down to Tennessee at home, but they basically dominated after that. Um, Emory Jones, Emory Jones I, looked good, man. Yeah, I would say he had arguably his best game at Florida. Um, 21 to 27, 209 yards, ran for 144. First Gator QB to pull that off since Tebow did in 2009 to do the 200 passing, 100 rushing in one game. Did this you is see, the by the way, real quick that that ESPN or SEC Network posted something today. It was like Emory Jones is putting up Tebow numbers. Oh, I mean, it, was, it was one game, but yeah, it's tough. Um, but uh, still, he's he's looked really good the past yeah, two yeah. weeks. First real road test for Florida. So, what are you thinking here? What do you think is going to happen? So, like, I was real. If this was a bowl Kentucky, game, by the way. What would the name of this game be? Oh, the Mitch McConnell Bowl, because that guy has been in. I don't. What is he? The sender? He's. I don't know what he does. But I try to stay out of politics, um, except on Twitter. But um, Mitch McConnell, he he just he's like a Waffle House. Like you've never seen a Waffle House being built. They're just there. They're just always just there. And Mitch McConnell has been there since like 1985, which is. Around the same time this streak started, um, and he's, you know, he's from Kentucky, but he looks like he lives in a swamp. Yeah, he does. That's a good point. That so, neck, man. Um, some something he, going on there. Yeah, he also kind of looks like the South Carolina mascot. He's covering all his bases. So, <laughs> um, no, but like, so when I saw this line, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of spot on, eight and a half, even though it's a road game. Um, it, you know, I. We sat there and watched Florida against Bama, and it's it's funny how much we can like skew our view of different teams based on how they look against you know like you know Florida looked good against Bama, almost won, so you know they're maybe they're like a lot better than we thought, and and I think that's fair because we us included thought they were probably going to take a step back and all the talent they lost. We definitely did not give enough credit to how good of a play caller Dan Mullen is. He just I don't yeah. somehow flies on the radar every every uh, year, but they get healthy this week. You said last week you thought they had the best offensive line in the country. Um, and now you get like you're kind of hitting stride with Emory Jones. And in the same way, Kentucky's kind of doing the opposite. And, and it's like specifically Will Levis, because that first week he came out there and put up 400 yards or 
uh, four touchdowns, like 367 yards. And we were all excited because we haven't seen that in Kentucky in forever. I mean, like I imagine like it was probably like the first time they saw a three pointer or like a dunk. Right. Like they have not, we're not used to this. And then, but you look at like his numbers from week one to week four yards per attempt from week one, to week four, 14.1, 9.9, 7.3, then 4.6 against South Carolina decreased every single week. Um, you look at touchdowns and interceptions week one, four touchdowns, one pick week two, one and one week three, two and two week four, Oh, and one. Passer rating has also gone down every single week. It was 230 in the first uh, in the first game of the season. It was 98 last week. And, and what worries me is, I know you're at home. I know this is a, always a big game for Kentucky because this is like, Kentucky and Florida low-key have this like pretty bitter rivalry in basketball and football. Um, so I, I think it'll be a big game and they'll be ready, but like, if you if that's how you looked against UT Chattanooga and then South Carolina, and you gave South Carolina every opportunity to win that game, I just don't trust that you're going to somehow fix all of these flaws, the fumble issues, and, and Levis like does not look good in SEC play against a much better Florida defense. They get Kyrie Elam back, or Kyrie Elam, and then you also get Anthony Richardson. Yeah. So you're. I take it you're taking Florida to cover this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am as well. Um, okay. Will Levis, it's kind of like him eating the banana. Like the first time you saw that video, you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Wow, this is so crazy. And then like the more you see it and the more he's doing it for people, it's like, dude, this is uh, it's getting uncomfortable now. Like yeah, it was like never cool. In the, maybe it wasn't even cool in the first place. We get it. We get it, Will. Yeah. Um, that's kind of yeah. the way the offense has has run its course thus far. Uh, yeah. I don't think Kentucky is going to be able to stop Florida on the ground. Um, well, I think they do have the they have a great, best. Yeah, they have a good defense country. and probably at least probably a top three in the SEC defense. They're third in the country in, in yards per carry allowed. It's, and But Florida is also first in the country in yeah. yards per carry at 7.5. Yeah, so, so I, I, I think that and I just trust Dan Mullen as a play caller. I think Florida gets 35 to 40 points in this game. And I just don't think Kentucky's offense with an improved Florida defense will be able to keep pace with that. So yeah. I'll go something like Florida 38 to 24. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, nasty night for Kentucky. Unfortunately, I think it'll be close until like the, the midway through the third quarter. It'll play out probably how most of these games have played out the past couple of years. So you don't um, go into Kroger field in that rivalry and just waltz away with a victory. I mean, um, they haven't, though. So that's the thing. This is where the legend yeah. of Kyle Trask was born. The legend of Chris Doring was born. Yeah. The legend of Kroger Toes. Right. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. You know, you, you hate call it a rivalry, saying. but it's like a rivalry between like a oh like a British person and a toothbrush. Wow. Look at yeah. you. That's uncalled for. Toothbrush always wins. Yeah. I hear you. Um <laughs> All right. So next game, um, humble brag. I will be at. Yeah. I will not. And we. I'm interested in this start. game. <laughs> um, we knew so this LSU, was going to happen. LSU Auburn. I'm pumped, man. Mickey Sheremy, um, Jay Woody's coming down from Memphis. Chris nice. Gordy is coming in from Houston. Oh yeah. Um, Sean Larkin and and uh, Nick Halvey. We we got the tailgate set up. I'm fired up, man. This is going to be 
a lot of fun. And um, it's my it's Death Valley at night. I can't wait. Yes. Um, you know, I'm gonna hydrate all day, and and I'll be, you know, I'm sure in my right mind. But I can't. I, I'm really excited for this weekend in Baton Rouge. Um, also, better than Ezra's playing Friday night. So it's like I'm gonna put on my Birkenstocks and have a. Desperately wanting. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna sing anymore. Really uh, okay, so number twenty-two Auburn at LSU, nine p.m. start on ESPN. LSU three and a half point favorites at home over under fifty-five and a half. Um, start with Auburn. Let's start with the QB position because Harson's been pretty non-committal thus far about who's getting the start yeah. in this game. I think at the very best, or I'm sorry, at the very least, you'll see TJ Finley at least get some snaps against his old team. Um, obviously, last week, Finley replaced Bo Nix on Auburn's third series of the third quarter after Auburn was losing to Georgia State at home. Was able to bring them back. He like led them a 13 play, 98 yard go ahead touchdown drive, including a fourth fourth and nine touchdown pass to go ahead. Um, that should be interesting to watch. If you're Auburn, you probably don't want to see Bo Nix because Road Bo Nix probably gives you not that great of a chance to win the game. Um, so my wife just walked in, so I'll tell her to. Hey Claire. Um, no, no, so I think you're. Right. I think Bo Nix will. You know, I don't know how microphones work. Um, I think <laughs> or, Bo Nix will headphones. start at all. Um, <laughs> I think Bo Nix will start because he's earned that at least. I mean, it, it, Has he looks own? really good. Yeah, I mean, he's been there for three years. And like, he also, he looked really good in week one and week two. And then he played real competition and Bo Nix became Bo Nix. But like, he was w- way worse than, uh, I mean, he was like bad, bad Bo Nix last week, even though he was playing at home. But you brought up the thing about, him on the road that's like that's been his whole that's how we have defined most of his career because it's staggering difference of how he's played on the road versus at home um and he was i was at the game two years ago when lsu played auburn and it's it so cracks me up because auburn fans you know they're they're great fans they really are but they will hang their hat on the weirdest shit and and i i've never heard a fan base brag about losing by three and and giving up the fewest points to that that offense of any team that year after a loss. Um, But like that game specifically, and it wasn't even at night, Bo Nix had his second worst game from a statistical standpoint in his entire career. And I get he's a freshman and all that kind of stuff. But I I mean, I think he was 15 of 35, um, you know, through a, through a pick. Like, I don't, I just don't know if he gives you the best chance to win the game for 60 minutes. I, I still think he gets the start, but like it's the first sign of, of danger. I think you put in TJ Finley and I think that's a guy too. Like, you know, we haven't seen him that much and it was obviously against Georgia state, but like, you got to have a little swag like in, in confidence. If that's what your first, like, you know, appearance was like a meaningful playing time at Auburn. And now you get to go back to LSU with Max yeah. Johnson. And cause you know, that's one of the reasons you had to leave. Yep. So yeah, and on the other side, Max Johnson, 15 touchdowns already this year, only three picks. Running game for LSU has been non-existent, to say the least. Okay. O-line has struggled. Um, Auburn's run game has been obviously very good with Tank Bigsby. Right. Um, Hunter. I just personally... So Auburn does have experience this year facing a, a tough road environment night game. So I think they're tested there. Um, and I think if you're, even though LSU's 
pretty good at stopping the run. I mean, they're top 10 in, in defensive stuff rate, which I know you love that stat, Chris. Um, I think you're going to have to stick on the guy because you're not going to be able to pin your hopes on Bo Nix or TJ Finley, I don't think, especially a night game at LSU. Right. So run game, if you have it, it typically travels with you on the road. Um, but it, something weird about this, like Auburn's ranked at LSU, who's unranked and has been okay. I mean, they've had some not so great games and some some okay games. They're favored by three and a half points, though. So I think they there's a reason them at home since 1999. Right. And they've they've won ten straight against them by an average of fourteen point like six points. So those things plus Vegas isn't dumb. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people looked at this line and were like, "Oh my gosh, that's Auburn's going to win that game." Um, pretty much everywhere I look, people have been picking Auburn to win this game. Really? Where are you yes. looking at? Uh, um, well, I don't I'm not saying that in a negative way. I just I want yeah. to know because like, no, there's there's, like, there's a lot of people with the history of it for one, and, and the fact that it's a night game at LSU. I mean, LSU's one loss right now is UCLA. You're talking about like like if they if they win this game and they you know they maybe they pull off the upset against Florida and and they get things rolling a little bit before they get um, their ass handed to them in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you're now you're looking at the schedule instead of thinking like okay, LSU's got a lot of flaws and, and they got a lot of holes in this team after the UCLA loss. A couple of weeks from now, if you you know pull off two or three wins in a row, you're you're that whole narrative changes to, you know, they had one loss on the road all the way across the country. Or they were displaced from the campus that week that because of a hurricane. Like, um, I, I'm not surprised by the line at all. I I I think this is a big game, not for Ed Orgeron's job. I I feel like that entire narrative was just started by Jay Boy. I don't, I don't get it because we're 13 games removed or 14 games removed from him winning a national title with one of the best teams of all time. Um, I just, I don't think that it, the, the matchup itself, like Auburn's got a great secondary, but you saw what's the kid from Penn state, that receiver. Like, I mean, he, he had his moments and like, you know, he didn't really have any other support around him. So it's like, you knew they were going to go that way. I think Keishon Butte will have another huge game. You, know, you said Mac Johnson has 15 touchdowns. I'm assuming 14 over to Keishon Butte. Um, I think, I think legitimately eight are that's ridiculous. More than half. Yeah. You should look up going into last season, like the last three games. I think he has 16 touchdowns in his last seven games. It's Good ridiculous. Lord. Yeah, that's so, crazy. But yeah, I, I'm. I think I would just be. Stranger things have happened. I would be shocked though if Auburn goes into Death Valley, because I don't think like you brought the, them being ranked. Like, I just don't see them as a better team than than this environment and like this kind of adversity they're going to face. Also, what's going on inside that program right now? You had that, the, you had the Georgia State game, which can happen when you're in a sandwich spot. You know, you're coming off a yeah. a big night game. It's in between that and LSU. But then they fire the the wide receivers coach, like the the very like Monday after. Like I don't know what's going on there. Have you heard anything else on that? Because it just seems so weird. No, I, you know, it kind of reminds me like of. Well, I don't want to say prison, but also like like when you like a, you get a new boss or something like that, and kind of comes in and tries to make an example out of somebody. I I have no idea what's going in inside the four walls at Auburn and that spaceship they're building with this new these new facilities. But I tell you, one one person who's probably like reveling in this whole thing is Coach O because you want to talk about a shitstorm of of dysfunctional family. LSU has been that for a while now. Yeah. Um, 
so to have another team kind of have that, especially this week, you know, that's just such a weird thing. And then also, did you see that Tony Franklin spoke out about it? No. You know who that is? Tony Franklin was hired by, I believe, uh, either t- it was Tuberville. It was Tuberville in 2008 as their offensive coordinator. And he had come from like, I think, high school football and then some team in the Sun Belt for like one year. And he was going to teach the spread. And, th- and they were only signing three stars that were like 5'10, 175. And uh, this is going to shock you. It didn't work in the SEC. And he was fired like mid year. Um, so, anyway, I don't know why he still has an opinion, but, you know, welcome to America. Um, if this was a bowl game, what would the name of the bowl be? I, I feel like the first one might be offensive, and I don't mean it to be offensive, but the Baby Helmet Bowl, because this is, we're talking about underdeveloped kids. I could have also said like pre K. Remember, like, you remember pre K? Do I remember being in pre K? Yeah, you went twice. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> the pre K pigskin classic that that kind of rolls off the tongue, but yeah, basically we're just talking about underdeveloped kids, mainly Bo Nix. We'll see how it plays out. Um, the booze. I, this is I'm trying to help you out, Bo Nix, if you're listening. Um, a twisted tea tall boy, maybe two of Perfect. them before the game because you already have that sweet tea um sponsorship with milo's right what an investment for them milo's yeah ex- i mean yeah absolutely the, the return, I mean, rate of return on that is just <laughs> off the charts I ain't never drinking sweet tea again but also because <laughs> they get negative you, sales <laughs> i don't i don't know if you ever did this in college but i remember my dad telling me about this he's like you can there's like some studies that have shown if you drink like two pints of beer maybe take a shot or something like that there's a lot of positive effects if you're in a high-pressure situation. It calms your nerves. It helps you focus. Um, I looked up something the other day like on Google, and they had 11 positive things that, that alcohol does for you. I'll be honest with you, nine of them were just kind of sad. It was like, it makes you funny. You're creative. Makes you feel better, better about your feelings. Better dancer. <laughs> um, Up until a certain point, and then it's detrimental. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just you know, knock a twisted tea tall boy back. Right before the game, maybe take like a little nip of uh, like rumplements or something. I don't know, Oof. and get yourself ready. Oof. Nothing gets the nothing gets the night going like a, a rumpleman shot. Um, we skipped the booze of choice for Kentucky, Florida. So before we move on, you want to grab that one real quick? Yeah, yeah. I thought long and hard on this one. Woodford Reserve with Monster Energy. Um, yeah, it's terrible because like I feel like I th- that's what Florida really is like. Kentucky, I'm not saying they're all high class, it's like a high class white trash situation, but you do have, you know, a plethora of bourbons and horses and other fancy things that people valued in Great Britain in the 1700s. And then you have Florida coming in like a fucking just tornado everywhere they go. Florida man. Um, See the guy catch the alligator in his trash can. I'm sorry, what happened? There was a video that came out of a Florida man. He there was an alligator on his on his um, driveway, and he caught it. You know the the huge trash cans, like the waste management that they come and yeah. pick up on this. He like finagled it into there somehow, and then rolled it down the driveway and let it set it free into the lake across the way. <laughs> I, I I'll never forget driving down to Gainesville, and and I knew there were gators, and I know there's like snakes and and all that kind of shit. I will never forget driving 
in like the north part of Florida and they were like, watch out for bears. <laughs> bears? <laughs> what is happening here? It's like a roller coaster tycoon of just dangerous animals. We're just throwing <laughs> what shit a game. everywhere. What a game. What roller coaster tycoon? Oh, yeah. I didn't have oh, it. What a game. Yeah. Um, number seven, Cincinnati at number Where's nine, Notre Dame. Yeah. This should be interesting. 2.30 on NBC, which uh, I won't be able to watch because YouTube TV is dropping their NBC partnership. What? Wait, so. does that mean I can't watch like Law & Order? Do you have YouTube TV? Yeah, Rich does. <laughs> yeah, NBC and, and uh, YouTube are, are no longer as of the end of tonight. I just got caught up on SVU and this is bullshit. Also and means I no golf channel. I'm not happy about, about that. that. Uh, Notre Dame, two-point underdog at home, uh, over under 50.5. Notre Dame opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, but has since moved to the two-point underdog. This is the first meeting between these schools since 1900. That's a long time. 1900? guess so. It's possible that it could have been a typo and it was supposed to be 1990, but anyways, Notre Dame... 4-0, coming off a dominant 41-13 win over number 18 Wisconsin and Chicago, in which they scored 31 unanswered points in the fourth quarter alone. Cincinnati coming off a bye week. Brian Kelly, former Cincinnati coach, his defensive coordinator, Mark, Marcus Freeman, was the Cincinnati def defensive coordinator last year. Um, I'll start with Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter... Everyone has heard the name, saw him play against Georgia last year. He passed for 748 yards so far, seven touchdowns, two picks, the first three games. Um, Jack Cohn, transfer from Wisconsin, came in. He's injured. He's banged up. Uh, his backup, Drew Pine, came into the game last week. So he's actually had a pretty good year, almost 1,000 yards passing and nine touchdowns already. Um I don't really think, I mean, I feel like that was kind of like a fake big win for Notre Dame last year. Like, don't get me wrong. They scored the 41, yeah. but uh, I believe they had three of those touchdowns uh, in like the fourth the last quarter. three minutes, right? And, and three of them were a kickoff return and two pick sixes. So the offense still sucks. I, well, and like, let's not forget, no offense, dude. We've seen them in battles every week. They, they almost lost Toledo yeah. at home. They almost lost to Florida State on the road. Mm -hmm by a guy who's like literally came out like fucking Paul Pierce out of the, out of the, the stands in a wheelchair and is playing starting quarterback now. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that they're a good team, but I tell you what, if there's one thing I've always learned about Notre Dame is that they're like Auburn. Like there's this type of, this type of game where everyone's going to be pulling for Cincy and Cincy is probably a better team. You know, some shit is going to happen like a muffed punt or, or a, a terrible call late in the game. It's going to change everything. They did it to Florida State in like the early 90s. Mm -hmm. you, you Miami. Like, I just, I, I hope Cincinnati wins. I really do because I hate Notre Dame. And also on the TV show we recorded earlier this week, uh, the our betting expert said Notre Dame's showing off that they're not scared of anyone. They're, they're not afraid to play anyone in the country. It's like they're, they're afraid to play, I think, most ranked teams. Um, <laughs> It's just service academies. But anyway, Cincinnati's a better team. This also might be, you know, yet another thing to put on the resume if, if USC is taking uh, Luke Fickle seriously as a candidate. Um, and he's done a tremendous job there. But I I just I, I just can't pull the trigger and think that they're going to – because 
they struggled in their their other who they play a couple weeks Indiana. ago. Indiana, um, yeah, and Indiana's not good. They and yeah. they struggled. They're down fourteen early, and credit them because they came back and won. But I think this is like America's team this week. Like we were all Bearcats. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Cincinnati's got to be there's incentive for Cincinnati here because of the chaos that's already happened this season with Ohio yeah. State and Clemson already dropping games and Clemson ultimately probably going to drop out of the top 25 at some point this season. Um you could argue that they actually have a, a legit chance at the playoff if they go undefeated. This this game would seal it almost. Yeah. So they've got a ton of incentive. Luke Fickle himself personally he wins this game. You can pretty much write yourself a ticket to any school that has an opening, you know, this offseason yeah. as well. Um, I still, I'm like you though. It's like, I hate that Notre Dame's a home underdog. Um, I would take Cincinnati. I wouldn't bet this game personally on the spread. If I would sub bet yeah. this game, I would bet the under uh, 50 and a half. I like Cincinnati. Um, the last 10 times they've gone on the road as, a, as a, an underdog. Uh, which they opened as an underdog. Um, they were all under every every game. Ten, really? uh, all ten were under, and and I just don't think that Notre Dame's offense is very good, and their defensive coordinator, their their defense is getting better, and he coached at Cincinnati, so he yeah, knows Desmond Ritter uh, in and out. So I think it's going to go under. Um, I would take Cincinnati to to win this game, though. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't actually you know bet it. Fuck it. I'll do the same thing because I, I just. Notre Dame is is really not that great this year. They're somehow undefeated, and I, that Wisconsin yeah. win is a, it's just like a, a absolute like facade of of a win. Um, if this is a bowl game, uh, sober midnight mass bowl, because there is nothing besides contraceptives that Catholics hate less than having to be sober at midnight mass, um, and also like all people being allowed to get married. But we're not going to get into that. Uh, the other part of this, the, the booze, the booze of choice. Part of me really hopes that, you know, when they scheduled this game, Notre Dame was like, we got Cincinnati on the schedule. Um, you know, it makes sense geographically, but that's a dub. Uh, we got, then we got Air Force the week after. We're going to play them at Yankee Stadium. I hope that they somehow get absolutely embarrassed and they should have never, never uh, put this game on the schedule. So the booze is a, um, a scotch or tequila that's $78 um, just for one, you know, one glass neat. Uh, cause it's ordered out of ignorance. Um, somebody doesn't know what they're doing and they come to the bar. It's happened all the time back in the day. And somebody would be like, uh, I'll do a tequila, uh, glass. What, what was that? And then they'd be like, look, which is there a certain tequila you would like? So they're like, you know, whatever, whatever's the best. Whatever's in the tall, uh, white ceramic bottle. Oh, class Azul. Yes. Uh, that'll be Perfect. $700. Yeah. And I, and I hope that that's exactly what happens to them because, um, yeah, like I said, a very expensive drink, ordered out of ignorance, and because they should have never gotten themselves into this game. Love it. Um, let's do number eight, Arkansas, at number two, Georgia. Three, uh, 12 p.m. game. This is where game day is. ESPN, Georgia, 18.5 point favorite, over under 48, which is a low over under for a nearly so 20 point spread. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Georgia Open is a 19 and a half point favorite, and there's been a lot of money that have come has come in on Arkansas. Um, and there's a reason for it. That they're the highest that they've been ranked since week two of the 2012 season. Um, 
they're seeking their first 2-0 start in the SEC since 2006. Been a while. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, these um, came out early on. Yeah, gut check time for Arkansas here because a lot of people, Amer- they're America's hogs right now. Okay. They are. And, they are diet LSU. They are diet 2019 LSU. Yeah, and they are amid a stretch in which they will go into four straight games that are ranked. They've got this game. Then they've got Ole Miss. Then they've got Auburn, which I don't know if they'll be ranked at the time, but um, you know, followed up by Texas A&M was last week. They're in the midst of a stretch, and I we'll start with Georgia. Um, they've outscored their opponents 168 to 23 this year. Yeah. Um, and it's their defense is ridiculous. Uh, I'll get into some stats when I make my pick, but. They're incredible. JT Daniels, um, 76%. Very efficient passer. Uh, he's he's hasn't played in every game, but he's still got 567 yards, five touchdowns. Um, you spread the ball between those backs, whether it's Samir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Brock Bowers, true freshman tight end, leads the team. Third string, look at him go. Leads the team in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Um, Arkansas. You look over them. I mean, they've outscored their opponents 143 to 58. They're averaging 480 yards per game. They've got KJ Jefferson, who I haven't seen it. Yeah, a little hobbled for sure. Um, But he's um, not as efficient of a passer, but 844 yards, six touchdowns, and he's rushed for 230 yards, two touchdowns. So he's averaging 7.2 yards per carry. So he's been pretty dynamic with the legs. Traylon Smith has been good. Traylon Burks, uh, also oh, a little bit hobbled, that. has looked uh, pretty good. Defense has been very good. So, but but hold on. But see, here's here's the thing too, though, because the defense has been pretty good. We know that they circled that Texas game, and I don't want to doubt Arkansas twice in a row because I really do like like enjoy watching this team. And it'd be hilarious if they went into. We sat here to talk all the time about who's the first former assistant's going to beat Saban. If Sam Pittman goes into Athens and beats Kirby Smart, like with the like the expectations Georgia has this year, it would be hilarious for people that aren't Georgia fans. Um, yeah. I don't know how you get up again for another huge game like that because you know they put a lot of uh, I think focus um, and, and passion and pride when they just became the state champs of Texas. I just think Georgia. I, I don't see anyone like exposing Georgia, like, you know, consistently moving the ball on Georgia. And, and I think that like, especially if Arkansas is banged up, I, I mean, I, I, it's not great. Georgia's given up 5.8 points per game and, and their strength of schedule. Like people keep arguing, like who they played. Their strength of schedule is somehow ranked ahead of Arkansas. It's 28th and Arkansas yeah. is 37th. Clemson kind of skews it. And we kind of know now, but yeah. still, I, but still, um, that first game, who knows? I mean, maybe Clemson lost all of their confidence because they couldn't they couldn't even muster up a touchdown. Um, right. Here's what stood out to me: Arkansas last week against A and M, they only threw the ball 19 times. They ran it 49. Right. I don't think You're that's a recipe that. for success against Georgia. Um, here's a here's some advanced analytics. This is this is specifically for Kevin Duffy. Kevin Duffy. <laughs> uh, number one defense in success rate. Number one in standard down defense. 
Standard downs is when you run it more, obviously, than passing downs. Um, they're number one defense rush success rate, meaning they are the number one defense against the rush. And they're also number one in pass play explosiveness. So to me, if you're Arkansas, you'd have to hope that you could hit some some explosive plays down the field to guys like Traylon Burks, who's beat up, Jefferson's beat up. If Georgia's the team that we think that they are, and we both pick them to win the championship, this is the game where they have to assert the dominance and they have to show, hey, yes, Arkansas, you're good, but we have the most talented roster in the country according to the recruiting rankings, and we are the team this year. And you got to go out and you've got to cover the spread. You don't have to, obviously, but if you are the team that you want to be, I think you show Arkansas that this is what it looks like to be a true title contender. And I think Georgia does it. I think I have a belief in them. I think they win by 21 points. Um, something like 35-14. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be tough for buddy, Arkansas to score. I do. Our buddy Mike Calabrese, he, uh, he was telling me his favorite bets this weekend, and, and he said one of them is Arkansas team total under 14 and a half. And I, I, I agree because, I, I honestly, I just don't know who's going to be able to consistently score on them. And, you know, we talked about this in the beginning of the year, and I kept saying how, like, you play Clemson, and then you coast until Florida, and then you – kind of coast until like the SEC championship game. So you have all this time to kind of work on stuff and not have to, you know, like they had a very manageable schedule. What I didn't think about, and I don't know how, because their fans do it every year. The amount of confidence this group is, especially on defense is starting to get is making them even scarier. Like we talked about last week, how we watched them when they're playing Vanderbilt. And like, there was several times where we like audibly made noise like, Oh, like thinking somebody was going to like get their head taken off. Um, Arkansas is better up front than anyone that I think that Georgia's played so far, but yeah, I mean, this will be, it'll be a good test. I just don't think that Arkansas will be able to, to consistently score on them. And you know, like Nolan Smith said something today. He was like, I don't care if we're playing the New England Patriots. Like we don't, they're not going in our end zone, which I took offense to because Mac Jones is their quarterback. And he had like four touchdowns last year, but anyway, um, I keep saying this too, man, if they get healthy, the, like Georgia's not even healthy yet. They're still trying to figure out like, you know, the best personnel and, and, and group, like for the offensive line, they're, they're still like banged up. Like Brock Bowers has been the best tight end in the country so far, statistically. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been a freak, right? As a true freshman. He's from Napa. Napa Valley. Yes. How he's the only that? person playing football in Napa Valley. Brock Bowers. I mean, it's he the most like, perfect tight end name ever. He was like basically the 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 football version of Todd from Wedding Crashers. Todd, Todd, Todd. Um, but um, yeah, but you also brought up the fact that like the explosive plays. Arkansas is actually second in the SEC in in like plays over ten yards. They're second in plays over twenty yards and tied for first in plays over thirty yards, which mainly is Traylon Burks. But they do have an explosive offense, uh, and Kendall Bryles has been really good. So I'm excited to see that matchup with Bryles and Landing. I just, you know, I, I, I don't know if they are going to be able to have a game plan to stay with Georgia for 60 minutes. And that defense is – Georgia's offense hasn't clicked yet, but this is by far and away the best offense that they that this Arkansas defense will have played. And, yeah. you know, I, I just – like I said, I, I don't think that they'll be able to keep up with them for, for 60 minutes. And, and I, they, I know Arkansas doesn't have the depth to hang with them. Right. I, I think, I mean, obviously A&M's defense is good, but they couldn't score. So it's easy to keep playing with that same intensity all game. Um, 
when it's a tight battle like that. But right. if you got UGA, who I think can put up points on Arkansas, it's going to be tough to, to keep the, the, the defensive effort up. Um, just side note, did did anybody from your company give uh, Arkansas um, shit for hiring Kendall Browse? I did. You did? I think, oh, no, I'm pretty sure Connor did. Okay. I just wanted to see me. if he's still keeping up with the... I mean, yeah, Kendall Browse is like... I just I, I remember when he went in on floor save for hiring him, and I was like, okay, mm. yeah, I'm... I'm sure we. You're can. right. No, that did not happen. That did yeah. not happen. But this that was also that awkward time where I was like defending you on the podcast. Yeah. With Connor. Yeah. Um, Thanks for anyway, coming, defending my honor, bro. Of course, dude. I know you wouldn't do it for me. So there's that. Um, last but not least, let's get into the game of the day. And and you want to talk about just an absolute fucking nightmare scenario for your wait, uncle Chris? Wait. Booze what? of choice for that game, EJ Arkansas. Oh yeah, this is actually probably the best one of the day. And what bowl game is it? The Dockers stretch waistband khaki bowl because every single coach that is on those sidelines, Georgia, Sam Pittman, Matt, Tom, Matt Luke, Tom, Matt Luke, offensive line coach, Georgia football. Um, and God, that's such a good impression. It it's is. like better than my Louis Armstrong. And then Kirby, I mean, Kirby's just that picture of Kirby and Will Muschamp was concerning. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, also Scott Cochran's coming back this week. So that's, that's exciting for him. Mm. I don't know what that does from like a coaching standpoint, but I'm, you know, good for him. Hopefully got everything sorted out. Um, and the booze of choice is uh vodka shots, right? Be- okay. For Why? reason number one, because anybody that orders that is either 19 or just a trash bag person. and doesn't understand how to drink because that is, unless you're Russian, that is disgusting. Um, I get a shot of vodka. What? You put it in a microwave. Um, but like vodka shots that you can't taste because the bartender is just putting water in there because you came in at like one 30 and you apparently were pre-gaming like since like three in the afternoon and you're an absolute shit show of a person. So, and we like, we've seen or been around that person. I don't think it ever happened to me. Um, but like you've seen bartenders and, and shit like this, like on, you know, Instagram videos, whatever, where they're just force feeding water to these people and they, they, are so drunk they don't even realize that it's not vodka. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Sober up. Um, it's you know it's time to sober up because the, the schedule is about to get even tougher. You've been real excited, but you know I hate to say it, but the, the party might be over here. Oof, tough. Hey, we hope we're wrong. Got um, number twelve, Ole Miss at number one, Alabama. My Rebels at Chris's Crimson Tide. Chris rocking. The come to the sip shirt. Uh, I need to get one of those now that I'm a, a, an Ole Miss fan. You have the um, option to pick out any shirt that they sold. I've actually got out Air Raid for Mississippi State. <laughs> I like it because it looks like a Jordan shirt. That's like if you went to a gas station and your dad was like, "Hey, you can pick any drink you want." And like, "Ooh, the bottom shelf, that little clear grenade thing that's just purple. I'll do that." Three thirty game on CBS. Bama fourteen and a half point favorite. Over under seventy nine and a half. Um, and for good reason. Ole Miss leads the nation in uh, yards per game and scoring six hundred thirty five yards per game, fifty two point seven points per game. Fourth in the nation in yards per play. Fourth in rushing offense. Almost three hundred yards a game. They've only turned over the ball twice thus far this year, which was a bit of a problem for Corral. Um. 
haven't exactly played a tough schedule yet, obviously, and but they are coming off of a bye. Strength of schedule one nineteen. Oh, I see you're already getting sassy. Okay. No, I, uh, I got a whole bunch of notes here. <laughs> Bama uh, had a close game at Florida, but I think it's gonna. We'll look back on that win as being a very good one at the end of the year. Um, My best, yeah. Who is? I think Florida's better than people thought. And so then you get back to dominating against Southern Miss. Even Saban came out and said, hey, I like the intensity in that game. We played with intensity throughout, which is rare to hear Saban talking about that after a game like Southern Miss. Um, As a Rebels fan, obviously, I'm looking for my guys to come out strong in this game and put up some points. Okay. All right. I'm glad you brought that up because before you steal this stat, I'm very proud of this because I went in. I went in last night. And I, I looked up the sets and, and made a bunch of tally marks on my own. I, I really think this game is going to be, I don't say decided, but the flow of the game and like the confidence that you're going to see in either quarterback or, or, or play caller is might be dictated like on whoever wins like the toss because Ole Miss in, in their first drives in the three games they played the first drive of the first half and the first drive of the second half. They've scored a touchdown on all three of their opening drives in, in uh, each game they played in the first half. And combined, they've had five touchdowns and six and one field goal. They, they, there's not been an opening drive of a half they haven't scored. And we talked about last week with Tulane. You, you know what we didn't talk about with Tulane? You know how many first downs Ole Miss had? I do not. 41. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> like, they ran like 96 plays and almost half of them we're first downs like it's incredible jesus now obviously we know the stat a former saban disciple never beat him before uh this game was close last year obviously super high scoring if i was going to bet this game i would look at the total and as you know chris my normally i have a principal bet when when an over under is high i take the under but I'm going against it this time. I think I think this is a game where both of these teams I think we're going over the 79 and a half. Do you really? I do. Um I do feel like every time we get into a situation where it's like, oh, this is it. This game's gonna be close. Bama better watch out. Ole miss coming in. Every time yeah. I feel like we have this discussion, Bama comes out and and beats ass. Now I don't I think, think twenty fifteen. Okay, so that was six years ago. But, but like that's the we're gonna hear about it all weekend. It's the only the 2014, 2015 is the only time in the history of this entire series, it's almost like 80, 90, 100 games where Ole Miss has won back to back years. And they were winning 24-3 the following year, it might have been 24-0, uh, in 2016, and Bama came back and ended up winning by double digits. But I mean, yeah, like like do you you're feeling on this game because it's 14 and a half and it opened at yeah. 20. I mean, I would, like I said, I would rather bet on the over, but if I had to pick, I would pick Bama to cover. Okay. I mean, I just Bama 55, Ole Miss 38. All right. I can do a realization. Go. Hey, why are you picking Bama if you're an Ole Miss fan? What are you doing? I mean, look, I'm just trying to make money. I'm not like, okay. You're not, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm not, I'm not going to celebrate Bama winning. You're not going to celebrate Ole Miss winning either on this podcast, or I'll, uh, I'll replace you in a, in a heartbeat. I will. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Um, I had a realization last week because, you know, I'm, I, unlike some others, I'm a very self-aware person uh, and, and emotionally mature for the most part, 35 year old. And one thing I realized about myself and uh, with the help of my, my best friend, Jeff was that um, I am so like, I'm so far gone from being able to accurately or objectively or rationally pick Bama in, especially in big games and like break down these games because I, and I don't know why, but I'm admitting it to you right now, guys, it's like the opposite of being a Homer. I, I just, I haven't been right about a lot of things with Bama. I feel like this year um, I said, Bryce Young, I thought, you know, he, he would make some mistakes early. He's got 15 touchdowns, one interception. Like you look at Matt Corral's numbers, Bryce Young is right there with him in, in, in a lot of those, uh, a lot of those categories. So there's a reason why they're both, um, you know, have like the, the best odds when the Heisman right now. It worries me in a game like this when Bama's defense last year, I think Kiffin ran 82, or I think it was like, might have only been 75 plays, but that defense was tired early and, and they were just getting ran ragged. You saw the tempo they had last week against Tulane, 94 plays. They're averaging 85 plays a game this year. I go back to like last season when Ole Miss like really hit their stride. The last five games of that of the 20, uh, 20 season and in the first three this year, right? And it seems like Kiffin like finally got things clicking and they really they've somehow gotten even better this year, even though the competition's been shit. After losing a, a second round draft pick at receiver, you know, and having to replace like all this, all this talent. Last year they gained 647 yards of offense against Bama. It's the first time since 2014 against in the Auburn game, 2014, that a defense put or an offense put up 600 yards. It's only happened twice before, or it's only happened three times, including the Ole Miss game. 2013, Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel, and then 2014, Nick Marshall uh, and Auburn. And that's in 197 games. And again, he put up 48 points against a Bama defense that was really good. Like they, they went kind of flying under the radar, but after that game, I think they had two teams go over like 400 yards on them, or maybe it's, that had been 300. Like they didn't have anyone get up over 20 points. It, like they were a really, really good defense, but they got exposed in that game. In, in their last eight games, they've put up over 500 yards in seven of the eight, over 600 yards in four of the eight, and put up 40 plus points in six of the eight, 50 in four of the eight. So half. They've averaged 81 plays a game. They had 86 against Bama last year. That's what it was. So I think this game, like you talk about how the over is, is in play here. Yeah. The, these are two of the best first, like, you know, I love betting on the first quarter. These yes. are two of the best first quarter and first half teams in the country. And Ole Miss actually leads the country uh, in, in first half points per game at, at 33. Um, are you going first, first quarter over? I don't know yet, but, but I, I just thought it was interesting. What's because the number? Do you know? I haven't seen it yet. We can look it up. But, I mean, Ole Miss is averaging 14 points in the first quarter of games. I was honestly surprised it was that low. Bama's a- averaging 17. So two teams that get off to fast starts. We haven't really seen Corral or uh, Bryce Young not face adversity, but get into a situation where, like, maybe you throw two picks and you got to still pick yourself back up because I'm still not convinced that John Mechie's going to ever win you a football game at receiver. What are you doing right now? I'm looking up the first quarter. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think the key to this game for, for Bama to win 
is they have to be able to establish the run. 17 and, and a half. In the first quarter? Yeah. Take that. Yeah, I was about to say. That's like free money. Um, I think that I think they have to establish the run. Brian Robinson's a little bit banged up, and they have not been able to run that effectively. We saw it against Florida. This Ole Miss defense has been really improved. I'm not, you know, DJ Durkin, unless it's like an off-season workout program, doesn't really scare me. Um, but they have been improved on defense. So I think Bam has to get the run game going, and you got to get off the field um on third downs. And like the the times that they've played, they played Ole Miss in the past, 2014, they got beat. Um, just flat out beat. 2015, you come to Tuscaloosa for a night game, and it's a revenge game. Ole Miss is still like, you know, a top 15 team. Bama has five turnovers in that game, three of them inside their own 25-yard line. They had the freakish play. It was like a third and nine where like Bama started to come back and there's a bad snap. It somehow ends up still being a touchdown. I don't think Ole Miss has to have anything like that happen for them to win the game. But if they are able to convert on third down consistently and keep that team on the that defense on the field, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a real long day. But crunching the numbers, Tyler, through the first four games, because um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Cody Kirk, about this, and he's, he felt like they have not been good on third downs. Bama is, uh, what do you call it? They're stopping teams at a 33.96% uh, clip on third down conversions on when it's six yards or less third and six or less teams are converting 57.7% of the time, which is top five highest in the country. When it's eight yards or more, it's only 20%. So it's, if it's third and eight, and that used to be a staple of like Kirby smart, Nick Saban defense, you got to get off the fucking field and you've got to put your offense back out there and get your defense some rest because you know, Lane Kiffin has been building for this moment for a long time. And I said this last week, somebody, I, and I fully mean it in a good way. Lane Kiffin is a big enough asshole that, that he can use that as like his source of, of how to win this game. Like, I mean, like, because he is, he knows how to get under people's skin. He knows he was with Saban for three years. He knows the ins and outs of that program. He's a much better play caller than Bill O'Brien. And he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I, so I, you know, I, I don't feel great going into this at all. But you're picking Bama. No, I, I think I'm gonna pick I think I'm gonna pick Ole Miss. And again, I'm probably hedging here, but here's here's my rational or here's my uh my logic on this. I'm gonna be in Baton Rouge. The last time I had to go watch a Bam a big Bama game and not in front of the TV, not in the stadium or anything like that. So then I had to go to fucking Athens for the Georgia-Missouri game during Bama-LSU. LSU was involved. It was a nightmare. They got up 10-0, and they never trailed the game. I think that could easily happen here. If Bryce Young turns the ball over, which he hasn't yet this, this season, really. Um, and Bama, is honestly, like when they lose, they've lost at home a lot. Hmm. You've lost interest in the whole end of this show. <laughs> I didn't realize that Bama lost at home a lot. I mean, they lost to Ole Miss there in 2015. They lost to I'm trying to think of what else. Where else? When else did they lose? They lost. They've lost their oh, LSU. I mean, they don't lose often, but I feel like they haven't been a team that's necessarily been like, you know, they're not like Miami was in like the 80s. Like they just don't lose at home. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I, I think you got to have a, they better have a good game plan. You know, that Ole Miss is going to have just that first series, man. I can't wait to see it. Like how beautiful that scripted play call is. And I think that Kiffin's going to do that the entire first half. And, and again, they haven't played anybody, but they've only given up seven points to teams in the first quarter. So they've just gotten out front and just boat race people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, leading the country in 33 points per game in, in the first half of games. Um, I, these, are, these are the stats here from, from the first half, right? Or first quarter, 14-0, 9-0, First half, 37-7, 26-0, If you give Lane Kiffin a double-digit lead in the first half, that game is going to be over. That game is flat out going to be over because, it, and, and I mean it this week too, because there's no way that if you're having to play catch up the entire time and you're having to air it out and you like, you're able to pin your ears back on the, on the edges. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> All right. So you're taking Ole Miss then. I'm going to take Ole Miss only because to win or just to cover to win because I, it's strictly uh-huh. because I'm putting myself in this stupid situation of being in Baton Rouge, having to be around LSU fans watching it. Thanks a lot, Mickey. Yeah, it's always stressful. All right, what's the booze of choice for this game? Um, an Adderall spritz, oh. uh, chased with a Red Bull vodka. Like, so instead of an Aperol spritz, here's why: because from the start of this game, I don't think we're ever going to slow down. And if you ever drink a like a Red Bull vodka, or seven of them, if you're in Vegas, the next day it is not a great feeling in your chest. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's not great. Um, but, but hell brother than that before was worth it. Uh, so that is your drink of choice. The bowl game would be the Freeform channel blindside bowl, because there's not a person that watches the blind side and doesn't feel like they, they're cheering for this, like this kid, Ole Miss or the state of Mississippi. Not a lot of things to cheer for in that state besides gas station chicken. Um, which can be good I mean, chicken and maybe like Oak trees or, they're really good writers. A lot of good writers. I mean, they're all alcoholics too, but still. Um, I, I just, I feel like this is going to be one of those games, just like LSU 2019, where everyone in the country, you know who they're pulling for, and it's not Alabama. So that's why it's the, uh, what do you call it? Freeform Channel Blindside Bowl, because everyone will be pulling for Ole Miss. We'll see. All right couple quick bets here outside of the sec well one game actually does involve the sec that um i like troy plus seven against south carolina what do you think about oh, that jesus I troy like can win this game um troy's four and two against the spread in their last six south carolina three and seven against the spread in their last 10 bc plus 15 and a half versus clemson i, I know like everyone's everyone is they're just like hey you know clemson they'll get it together at some point they're awful uh on offense and now Jalen Dixon has transferred. Will Shipley hurt his hurt his leg. So I don't know who starts at running back for them. Brian Brzee and Tyler Davis, their two best D linemen out for the year. BC's 4-0 trying good. to make a name for themselves. Clemson hasn't looked good at all on offense. They haven't covered a spread at home yet this year, and that includes an FCS opponent. Um, I like BC to cover. And then okay. lastly, UCF Navy over 53. <laughs> I like it, dude. Over I like that a lot. The over is 12 and 4 in UCF's last 16 games they've played on Saturdays. Over, because they play on Thursdays and Fridays a lot. Odd too. Shark, right. Uh yeah. And over is 11 3 11 and 3 in Navy's last 15 games as an underdog. So okay. 
both of them are hitting at like a 75% clip almost for the over in those games. So lock it up over 53 in UCF Navy. <laughs> I, I'm pretty confident now that I'm sitting here. I don't know if I even made any sense during that Bama Ole Miss breakdown. It was just me talking openly about my fear. Um, yeah, here's mine. It's I, good for that, us to do are, that every once in a while. Just talk about yeah, our feet together, you know. Agree, no, one, no one's no one's listening right now. It's just you and me, brother. Um, so those are Tyler's top picks. He's been really good this season. Also, Mike Calabrese, check him out. He does a weekly article yes. for us. Um, he's, Calabrese, he's like he's up 15 units through week four, and that's after taking a loss last week. So um, make sure you pay attention to those. I tell you what, I'm going to give you one lock of the week, and. Um, Again, I hate to do this because you know I'm, I'm going to be pulling for him, but I'm going to go to Athens and I'm going to I'm going to look at these Arkansas Razorbacks because Sam Pittman's 11 and three against the spread as the head coach at Arkansas. It's the best in the SEC, um, and they're also 11 and three in their last 14 games as an underdog. However, they are also uh, one and 13 straight up in their last 14 road games and five and nine against the spread in those road games. I'm going to take Georgia in the first half, minus 10. And another one to maybe look at I like here. that, too, because I feel like with Sam Pittman, like Kirby's, if they're up big, he might, like, take his foot off the gas and you could get a backdoor cover in that game. Yeah. Because Pittman, you know, obviously they got a good relationship, but I saw, like, the first half bet. Uh, Mike, Mike is a big, big – I love doing, like, first quarter, first half bets. Mike, I mean, for, he's a really, really good – I don't want to say gambler, but he's he's just really good at what he does. And what his one of his favorite picks was Ole Miss winning at halftime, Bama winning outright. He's he's made like two or three of those bets dating back to like last bowl season, and he's hit every single one. Um, and I think that's a pretty good one. Also, maybe like look at like Kentucky and Florida, like Kentucky leading at halftime, maybe. Um, but I'm gonna take Georgia minus 10 in the first half, and I like the Arkansas team total under 14. That I mean, I guess that's it. I, I, Bama Bama's minus eight in the first half, which I don't trust, and the over is forty one. I want to see what those team totals are, and I'll because if, if the team total if, if the the total is forty one in the first half, and Bama's favored by eight, you're basically saying what twenty four seventeen. I'll take Ole Miss over for uh, over seventeen points in the first half, like all day. Um, so there's that, and and uh, the the podcast does not end here, guys. Just a heads up, earlier today, we were joined by our good friend, Tom Hart, um, and him and I sat down and talked about some very serious stuff. Not at all. We just basically uh, shot the shit and, and talked about, you know, his favorite campuses, his favorite moments as being a, a TV host. And then we also talked about, you know, the important things like um, we gave out superlatives uh, for the fall, like who would be most likely to drink a PSL or be really into leggings. Um Things of that nature. Uh, who would love to go to a pumpkin patch or apple picking? Spoiler alert, it's Shane Beamer. Because you know he has a shit ton of vests on deck and he loves taking family photos. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. We talked about all sorts of things. Uh, and they are headed to College Station this week. But um, check it out. It is going to happen now. And maybe just turn off the last five minutes because Tom got weird. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We're now joined by um, Tomothy Hart, who is smiling but really upset with me because uh, we are on a we're in a two hour and twelve minute rain delay. Yeah, I've been sitting at the ballpark 
staring at a tarp on the field, yet there's no rain. Like there's, it's, it's a non, it feels like a non rain, rain delay, Marler. The, the rain is in the inside. You can't see it. It's an emotional thing for me. It, most people can't see it. The doctor said most of my injuries are, are inside. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> so Tyler's not here. This is going to go really well. Be super. Wait, organized. I thought we were wait. I thought we waited two hours for Tyler and he's still not here. We did. Tyler has like a nine to five or whatever. And he said shit hit the fan and he, he's in finance and like, you know, I don't really know anything about finance. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I think they're, it's probably Bitcoin, probably a Bitcoin thing. Probably. Yeah. It's probably. Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, we're laid back on this podcast, Tom, you've joined us before. Um, but we do want the audience to get to know you. So, uh, we usually start with a couple of lighthearted questions. Um, who did you vote for and how much money do you make a year? All you need to know about me is that I do not have a black curtain behind me that doesn't even cover up the whole spectrum of the backdrop. Like I'm not a black curtain guy. I tell you what, you've been one of the most like, you've been one of the darkest clouds during this breakup of making <laughs> me see the reality of how sad this is. Tom said weeks ago, after I, I told him what happened, he goes, first response, right? He's being a super nice guy, reached out, you know, good friend. And he says, dude, it's not even paying for the apartment. You're not going to be able to pay for furniture. And I was like, good. Okay, cool. we got a whole new bag of issues here. Just, I'm a realist, you know, like let's, um, how are we supposed to get anywhere without a roadmap, Marler? Like we need a roadmap. We can't just live our life just randomly going here and there and hither and yon. No, like, what's the plan? All right, we're going this way? Let's let's go this way. Like, if we go on a pub crawl and you take me two blocks this way and then no. four blocks back that way and then a block over, I'm like, what? wait a second. Couldn't we have not just, like, said, let's go A, B to C? Like, that's that's what I'm going to ask. That's that's the yeah. question. I don't know how we got into this. Um, I don't even, I mean, it was like a pub crawl and then talking about atlases and stuff that we, I mean, we don't use those anymore the internet um but regardless let's let's get into this interview uh we're gonna talk all serious stuff with our good friend joe lessator and um like we're gonna leave we're gonna leave the football talk to like the athletes like cole and jordan mainly because if we leave it to them like they'll just fill up all the airtime like with with Marler, i played college football no you didn't you're a the only crew with all three of us before that, I played small college football. I was a skinny really? tight end slash slow wide receiver. I was a hybrid. Yeah. With bad hands. Um, I, I literally, like, one of the most motivational parts of me in this job and this, like, industry was I didn't think you played sports. And I was like, well, if he could make it, I could make it. He's just funny. There goes that. Sorry. That's fine. Hey, um, I keep needles around all over the place. So if I see somebody like you with the balloon, I can pop it. Just like, yeah. Like I just walk, I walk through fairs all the time and little kids with like, you know, their parents just spent $30 on a balloon. I honestly, I feel like it's a time in my life. Okay. Let's kick over ice cream. I feel like it was a time in my life when I was like really jaded about people in Buckhead. Like, did you ever like go, like, I mean, you, you, probably make more money than I did at this time because I was bartending. But like, did you ever like 
look at like a white kid named like Braylon probably at like Phipps Mall and he's dressed in like all pastel polo stuff and has like on Sperry's, but he's like two, he's going to grow out of him like three weeks. And I'm like, that kid is worth more than my entire net worth right now. So I would just tell him that like Santa's not real or love. I don't know. Either way. Santa, um, all right. Santa doesn't love you. So I can't, I can't explain why he bought you off whites for Christmas because this is totally unrealistic. Braylon. Exactly. It's a terrible name too. Um, let's get into this. We are going to talk, not football. We're going to talk uh, something I labeled spooky season superlatives because I love alliteration and I think I got carried away with the puns because I had a couple of drinks last night. Um, I'm going to ask you a stereotypical fall activity. And I want you yeah. to tell me who you think fits this stereotype or who's the first person that comes to mind. Um, it could be a coworker, could be uh, somebody at the network or in college football. Got it. Okay. Most likely to go to a pumpkin patch. Sam Pittman. What? Yeah. What? Why yeah, is that? yeah, because he just he loves Arkansas. And I feel like that state you know, I grew up in Missouri. It's we're pretty much the same. We share yeah. the Ozarks and Hills. And, and there is a there is a um, uh, amusement park ish. When I was growing Ooh. up, they always ran commercials in my hometown and it was called Hillbilly Town. Right. They literally had an amusement park nice. called Hillbilly Town. So. Let's just feed all the stereotypes. But I feel like I grew up, there were a lot of pumpkin patches and hay rides and, and um, you know, bonfires and stuff growing up. And I feel like Sam Pittman probably spent his time like doing that as a youngster too. And and I feel like he's just so gung-ho Arkansas that he is, yeah. Bro, he's down, he's down with anything Arkansas. Like right. if you tell it's him big that state. the most Arkansas Big pumpkin state. The most Arkansas thing you can do is get on a 80 foot slide, a, a 10 slide and put your With body a burlap in a sack. burlap sack and go down the sky ride at Hillbilly Town. He'd be like, by golly, let's do it. Let's uh, Arkansas. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going I mean, to no free it. ads for Hillbilly Town. Also, the answer was Shane Beamer, because there's not a coach in this conference that looks more <laughs> like he has a vest on deck and a, like he probably has an entire closet full of vests, like just like a vest area of his closet. Did we lose you idiot? Cause you're on your phone. We have, we have lost Tom. Um, okay. Thomas, everyone's left me. I'm just here by myself. I'm here. In oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, um, you know, young Marler, when there were only one set of footprints in the sand, it was me carrying you. Yeah, that's about. Yeah, I was yeah. here the whole time because I was. You were there the whole. You heard everything I said. Yeah, yeah. Let's don't cut any of that. But don't okay. cut it. Um, most likely, to, anyway. Shane Beamer obviously has a whole vest closet. I feel like you have a, like a, a little vest area as well. But um, that's you feel like there. only people who wear only people who wear Peter Millar go to go to Pumpkin Town. I no, but like they are the ones that are most gung ho about it. Like it's, dude, the game's not till seven. We're gonna take the kids up there. We're gonna have a blast. And we're gonna get some pictures. And like it's it really is a lot of fun. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. That's, that's, shame that's pretty good. That's Thank pretty good. Um, most likely to overdo Halloween decorations. Oh man, that's a good question. 
most <laughs> I, that's hard. Uh, Alyssa Lang. I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. That's the answer. Alyssa Lang. Like should okay. just over the top. Yeah, just just all about the spirit of of the event. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's become one of my favorites this year, just because of her constantly dragging people on Twitter. Because you know that's my favorite pastime about her sleeveless shirts. Yeah. So, um, okay, next one, PSLs. Yeah, P- like hell's like you know, like you get it. It's it's good. Who's most likely to drink a PSL? Okay. Um. Lane, Lane, Lane will go straight. I mean, maybe not skinny Lane. Is there such thing as a skinny PSL? Probably. Uh, if there's, if yeah, there's a I mean, girl, I, there's a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, if there were a Starbucks actually on the square, the Starbucks in Oxford, you have to kind of go down to where the uh, Home Depot is. I mean, from what they tell me, I don't know. I'm not a basic bitch. Yeah. But uh, that's what I've heard. Um, yeah, he, it, it'd be Lane. And I feel like I maybe I feel like CBS trying to pick Alabama games here. Like maybe I I wasted my lane pick uh, yeah. too early in this conversation. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and invest in it right now. Um. Okay. And also, I'm an idiot too because I saw uh, I just now saw that there's a whole section for vests that I was going to use, but we've already used that for Shane Beamer, so I ruined my own joke. Cole flannels. You get it. It's like Cole Hamels, which is it's a football thing, even though he is baseball. All right, cool. Um, most likely, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He's it's still going. I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, intact family. How are you guys? Um, <laughs> so I feel like like in the same way that white girls put on these oversized like scarves or like like they'll wear like a, a, a giant sweater, which is great. Like, I, I mean, I would love to do that. It's just a, basically like a wool Snuggie that you can wear in public. And hide anything. If I wore, it, yeah, if I wore a giant sweater, um, given my my still COVID body, it would just be called a sweater. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sweaters don't yeah, fit me very I just, well. I haven't for years. That's. I mean, it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, I am jealous about the Peter Millar thing though, because I like if you have any like unless you're just skinny and like you're just I don't know, I don't know how dads do it. It's, you know they're not working out. But if you're like skinny, like like Peter Burns, he's just always decked out in that stuff. Anyway, apple picking, go. Damn it. We're here alone again. What a what? Apple fritter? No. What first off, you get mad at me for being late and you can't even get a damn microphone because you're doing this like on a like a Samsung flip phone right now. Um most likely to go Apple pick. Gus Malzahn. Last year, Gus Malzahn roasted me for having bad internet during our during our coaches' calls. So I can take internet? it from you. I don't know, man. I live in a I live in a holler. I live in a holler. You literally had to do all of your broadcasts from this house. So you think you just find that little corner, but it's fine. All right. Um, I know this doesn't matter. So no one's listening. Leggings of the fall. I, I'm like a big leggings guy. I'm a big leggings guy. Um, I get roasted from Kristen and Paige about that. They do, they yeah. do not think it's impressive, but. So and what yeah. am I supposed to do with leggings of the. I mean, who's most likely to wear leggings? I feel like once it gets to 
62 degrees. I don't wear anything besides a half zip dry fit and leggings and shorts. Cause that's me, bitch. I'm going to kill you. Oh my God. The fall. Tom, none of your audio is working. I can't hear anything. You're saying. Okay. Hold on. And you spelled your name wrong. You put it a S apostrophe S. Is this better? Yeah, that is better. Okay. Most likely to wear leggings. Go. Oh, sorry. Hold on. My car, my thing thinks I'm driving. Most likely to wear leggings. Yeah, we're putting um, on a good note. This is good. We picked up steam here. Yeah, momentum. we're we're really cruising right now. Um, well, Chris Doring easily. Like, oh, if, yeah. if there is, yeah, leggings and no shirt. Come on, that That's guy much every day. Yeah, hotel gym just crushing it. Oh, he wouldn't go to a hotel gym. Doring would find like I feel like I love CD, but I I don't think he would go like if he had to do a show like, or a game in like. Fayetteville, that's a bad example, Starkville, and there wasn't like a gym like in the hotel. He would probably just stay in another town where they had like, I don't know, like a CrossFit gym or something like that. He's it's incredible shape, man. Um, He's uh, tip of the cap to that guy. Yeah, but I bet he can't hit golf balls like us. But he can't, probably can, yeah. Fair enough. Um, Okay, we are going to get into real quick close out here, winning and boozing. It is my favorite thing. We're going to talk about not the games themselves, but but more importantly, what you should be drinking at each tailgate. Um, So we're going to do a couple here and I'll give you an example. Um, So for like Georgia, Arkansas. Okay. I said um, the booze of choice would be um, like vodka shots, but like the ones you can't taste because it's like two 30 in the morning and you're already way too hammered because you've, you've just like had a, way too good of a time early on. So the bartender's yeah. handing you water and you don't realize it, but all your friends are like this fucking idiot. What is like, he's out of control because at some point Arkansas is going to have to come back to the real world and sober up. And it's probably going to happen this weekend in Athens. Arkansas is four and with only a 3.4% chance to make the playoff. Chris Marler. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the deck is stacked against them. So it is this I, month. I feel like when you're in that scenario and you know going into a weekend that it has to potentially get bad, just have as much fun up front as you possibly can. So you know, there's two different perspectives we could take. We could take like if, if you're a Georgia fan at this game or if you're an Arkansas fan at this game. Uh from the Arkansas perspective, let's go all in early. Let let's start with some Boone's farm, just some some total yeah. swing grease. Right. Let's pass a bottle around and, and don't don't put it down until the thing is empty. And then you can start. Then you can go whatever direction you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if Braden wants some claws, he can go do that over there. If if Bob just wants to cut Natty lights, he can do that over there. We could all that. have that communal spirit to start with the, the Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill. That, that's what we're going to get going, because it's going to be a, it might end ugly, you know. It's, you know, and I love the cornucopia of, of booze you just threw out there, too. And none of it good. I mean, like, like no. passing a bottle of $2, like, wine around a campfire. Um, I mean, that's honestly the bachelor party I should have had. So I'm, I'm jealous of that. But um, 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got to get your opinion on this because I feel like it's, it's hilarious that these two teams are playing. I, I didn't realize this was happening until a couple weeks ago. You gambled on it like a fucking degenerate, which is fine. I'll say dedicated, not degenerate. Vanderbilt and UConn are playing in the Hunger Games Bowl. Um, where, like, I've been saying this for a while. I, I don't think we should defund the police. We should absolutely defund UConn football because it is awful to watch. Um, and I feel like this game itself, this is like if like you watch two people with like arthritis or like cerebral palsy have like a, a arm wrestling match. That's what this is going to look like. It's going to be <laughs> real bad. Real bad. Um, what booze did you drink here? And like, tell me your, your gambling thoughts on this. Uh, UConn didn't even play last year and they still have a nine game losing streak. Like they're beyond bad. They're, they're horrendous. Vanderbilt the last left, I checked. Like just like a, a dad from like a, a, like a Disney movie or something like that from the mid nineties. And then just showed back. I was like, I'll, I'll finish it up. I'll, I'll do it again. And they took him back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this wasn't a smart play by me. Let me just give you yeah. a, a tad of research. It would have been helpful if I would have known beforehand. This is just the third time in seven seasons, right, since James Franklin left. The Vandy's favored by at least two touchdowns against an FBS opponent. That's Only the third time. Thought. The other two games, they lost to UNLV. Oh, yeah. By 24, I 15 and a half game. point favorites. They were 16 point favorites against UMass in 2014, and they won by three. Was it at UMass? So, that seems like a Vandy thing to do, too. I can't, be, I can't believe they would be a 16 point favorite on the road. That's it's a 16 little... now? No, no. This is this the UMass game. You just asked. Okay. About. You just asked yeah. if that was that. Um, Who's playing in this game? UConn's playing Swanee? Yeah, basically, yeah. So no, they're playing Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt is still an SEC team. And UConn yeah. is horrendous. Yes. So it's gonna be um it's gonna be a fun pillow fight. Like I, I think it's gonna be, I think no. It's gonna know. be bad. I hope this game ends like this is the two to three game that we actually deserve. Like th this. They shouldn't, they shouldn't kick off. They should just do like a series. Like this should be like fucking American gladiators set up like a series of obstacle courses, make it somewhat fun. Maybe like do an academic decathlon, like from like that, like heavyweights or whatever. That was Billy Madison. Um, but there's, there should be no football for 60 minutes because nobody wants to see that. I, well, I, just, I don't know if you know this, but it's actually, um, this game is going to air at 11 AM on Jefferson pilot. God, I miss Jefferson pilot. I miss Jefferson yeah. Pilot almost as much as I miss my dogs. Almost. Almost. I, there's some oh, Jefferson Pilot was the best. Were you on Jefferson Pilot? No, I, I they would never have me. I was because uh, your I name was not Dave. <laughs> right, right. I tried to change my name to Dave. Uh, I, I true think story. Name Dave and have like a 28 BMI to be. That was like not, the only qualifications. It's not true. That's not. That's okay. not accurate. Yeah. Nor is that nice. It's not nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But as a tip of the cap to uh, those who come before us, the first noon game on the SEC Network, I called with Matt Stinchcomb and Heather Mitz from Kentucky. And I'm guessing Kentucky was playing somebody like Western Michigan. Yeah, Connecticut. Western Michigan, Central Michigan, 
Northern Michigan, Southern Michigan, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just some random Mac school or Sunbelt or something. Maybe it was uh, Presbyterian. I don't know. But I welcomed, I got to go back and find this. Uh, not that anybody should have the tape of it, but I welcomed everybody and I gave a tip of the cap to the three Daves. I was like, we're not the three Daves, but it's Tom, Matt, and Heather. And uh, I don't know if nobody was watching, but I didn't, a lot of times I say stupid stuff on television and um, like even my friends will be like, that was stupid, right? right? Which I deserve. Yeah. No one even noticed. No one, it res- It just fell, it went off into the ether. It that just floated away. Yeah, I, I felt like if you're if you're diehard, like you should be down with this. That's kind of how I feel about this game. Like you call yourself a gambler, yet you're not going to touch UConn Vandy. Okay, what are you even doing? Pressure people into betting on this game. And you know, another thing about this too, I realized this last night, and I like to think of myself as somewhat smart, but like I don't, not that I don't know, I I a thousand percent know that I would not be able to point out the difference between New Hampshire, Vermont, and Connecticut. On, oh. on a map like I, I feel like those are just the three of the same things and like somehow they're like three brothers with like bowl cuts and like in puffy vests and puffy jackets and they just like you know what we're gonna split the estate and we're all just gonna stay over here in our own little areas it's it's the same same place right you're an old soul so I feel like you even if you didn't see this that you would appreciate it. There was um, a comedian named Bob Newhart back in the day, and he had a show called Newhart. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. Bob Newhart? Okay. I mean, like for some of our audience, maybe, maybe they're not, right? Maybe they're not. Um, but my favorite part of his show were the brothers that were maintenance workers in their small, I think, Vermont town. It was Larry, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl. Okay. So, yes, I think it's fair of you to think of Vermont, New Hampshire, and Connecticut, even though Connecticut is very much different than those, those two. Like Connecticut is more, yeah. Like we're gonna go out and and, and tap a tree and we're gonna get some syrup or something. I don't know. I was people say, do that. Connecticut seems like the type of people that drive like Acuras and do cocaine. And Vermont seems like the you know what I want to do. I want to live in a log cabin. And then New Hampshire's just like, listen, let's only talk about politics. I mean, that's it at a diner. That's all I get. From Thank you. I think you nailed it. You should write a a summary what Chris thinks of every state and just. Boom. You are, you're already three states in. How much more work you got to do? I mean, okay, I, I do want to say this last thing because this drives me crazy every year. And I love SEC fans for the most part, but every single year when Ole Miss and Alabama play and the trash talk that ensues from these two fan bases, from these two states, talking shit to the other school about incest, bad grades, being, I don't know, like like having like – terrible obesity rates, education. It's the same state. It's, it's literally a lethal weapon back to back, same state. It just one of them has more S's. They all hate the same things. Progress. I mean, it's, you know, anyway, that's my that's, thought on that's... states. <laughs> uh, that's, and we've, we've now found the, Crux, the the bulk of your next uh, routine. Yeah, just get Wednesday, up there and bash way. every state. Just stereotype and bring out the worst in every state. Yeah, but but not not from a place of like knowledge, just all ignorance. Yeah, like I mean, I can't even think of one. Like, uh, where are you from, Nevada? Have you buried anybody in the desert lately? What are you, the yeah. mafia? Heard you guys kill puppies out there. 
What? Why? You Why could just say that. You could just go all the way around. I mean, I got there. a lot of bad shit to say about Kansas. A lot. Kansas. Okay. Here's another take. All right. I've never been to Kansas. I'm never going to go to Kansas. But Kansas seems like just one giant fucking barren land with a, a two lane highway and then diners with old pie. That's it. It's just a glass thing. And there's like a cherry pie from three days ago. And some guy comes in, he's like, you think it's so good? I don't fucking care. It's fine. I'll just eat it. It's like a dollar twenty-five. Truck stops and tumbleweeds, man. That's it. Like have it. That's and like a myth and some bird that they song. made up as a mascot. Like a, a Jayhawk isn't even a real bird. It's a mythical. Yeah, Mizzou and Kansas hate each other. Stupid creature. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, good. Listen, um, I didn't need Hey, this was this was the best finish with states. This is the best four hours I've ever waited to do a 20-minute podcast in my life. It's not my fault you don't have hobbies, first off. When you come back next time, we'll talk about Oregon, uh, which should be a <laughs> lovely time. So until I see you again, Tom, and um, force you into coming to the Burbs to drink uh, underpriced beer up here in Milton. Oh. Yeah, there you go. That's the selling point. Enjoy the Maroon Bowl this weekend. That's going to be a lot of just the grossest color of red and purple. And um, you, Jordan, and Cole, right? You guys are going to College Station? Yeah, Brian College Station is what they call it. Now, we actually talked to Mike Leach yesterday, and we asked him, hey, does it get confusing when both teams are wearing the same color? But he handled that, that was well. a qu- It was hysteric. Like, if you tried to act, ask any other SEC head coach that, they would end the conference call. Right. Mike Leach goes, you know, I was just thinking about that yesterday. And then we got a four-minute answer. Like you got a fucking game to prepare for. I had to say, you know, I was at Washington State. We had Stanford pretty much the same. Texas Tech, we didn't really have anybody the same. And then in his mind, he's just going through. I have a buddy from college, Marler, and and this is way too much information, but a buddy from college who would lay awake at night and he he would randomly, I never roomed with him, thank goodness, but he would randomly ask his roommates, uh, his name was Heavy, and Heavy talked like this. And he goes, hey, you ever think about how many cars you've ever driven in your life? I was just thinking the other day, I'm up to 17. And then I forgot that we had a rental car on vacation in spring break, so it's now 18. And that's how his mind thinks. Like, yeah. it's – anyway, that's – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the interview. I'm going to uh, – um, because that – only because of everything. Wait, we should have just switch, so stuck with the Mike Leach thing because that's, that's impressive. That was fun. Also, yeah. I feel well, like it amazes me he ever does well in an interview because you know he doesn't give a single fuck about the questions and is probably like, what's my strategy? I don't want to talk to you about that. Listen, have you ever played <laughs> golf at Pirates Cove mini golf? It's it's not really like the Pirates, but also the Goonies were full of shit. There's no way they could have had that entire that entire uh, pirate ship go into a cove. Like, where would it just stayed intact the whole time? That's ridiculous. Oregon sucks. That's Mike Leach. Marler, you are so on top of it. I know. I, I know that. Listen, th- this is a fact. It's so random that you go there. Um, Mike Leach was asked directly and claims he's never seen the movie Goonies. Yet in his next breath, he knew what Goonies was all about. So then when pushed, he admitted this is breaking news. All right. I want to see this on the crawl. It's, it's going to be on TNG or something. Everyone's then in his that. next breath, he admitted that he probably has seen it at some point Goonie, because he knew about the clubhouse and the pirate ship. And, you know, like, yeah, yeah, 
but he doesn't really remember. So uh, I like, hey, coach, which is it? All right. You want to coach my team? First question I'm asking yeah. you in the interview is an AD. Have you seen Goonies? Yes or no? No waffling. You son of a bitch. You're like Tucker Carlson. You're asking like, I'm not calling Mike Leach that. I want to be very clear about that. That was, I was just saying like metaphorically, if we were saying that in general. Um, all right. We, we have, we've lost control. I was, I, before the breakup, we were on vacation. We went to the Goonies like town Astoria to see the house. And it was like an yeah. hour and 15 minute drive. And, and she was like, She's like, it's really not impressive. I'm like, I want to see it. You know, we're already up here. And it was, it could not have been less impressive. It, the entire town, it was like, I think Michael Wayne Bratton said, he goes, it's a really good town to go to if, if you're like dabbling with suicide because it is real sad. And, and, and we wonder where the breakup came from. I, well, I didn't say that to her. Anyway, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. I mean, Thank you, Thomas Hart. Um, next time we're going to have, hey, tell Jordan to let out some of the, the inseam um, next time you see him for the, the suit. And, uh, and tell Cole we said hello as well. And we'll talk to you soon, man. You're the best. Thanks for having you me. It's been, a, it's been a wonderful six hours. I wouldn't want to spend it any other way. And as long as my friends at Delta can rebook my flight, no hard feelings. Well, you know, don't tell me so many fucking stories about Heavy and his list. Well, anyway, bye, Tom.